0: Once more, let us come before God in prayer. Let us pray. As the word became flesh and came to live among us, so may your spirit transform the words that we hear this day to be your living word, alive and present among us. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, we pray. Amen.
1: The Old Testament scripture, Isaiah Chapter 52, verses 7 to 10. How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of the messenger who announces peace, who brings good news, who announces salvation, who says to Zion, Your king reigns. Listen. Your sentinels lift up their voices. Together they shout for joy. For in plain sight they see the return of the Lord to Zion. Break forth, shout for joy, you ruins of Jerusalem. For the Lord has comforted his people, he has redeemed Jerusalem. The Lord has bared his holy arm before his eyes of all the nations, and all the ends of the earth shall see the salvation of our God. The response of Psalm is Psalm ninety eight. O oh, sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm have gotten him victory.
0: The Lord has made known his victory. He has revealed his vindication in the height of the nations.
1: He has remembered his steadfast love and faithfulness to the house of Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the victory of our God. Make a joyful noise to the
0: Lord, all the earth. Break forth into joyous song and sing praises.
1: Sing praises to the Lord with the lyre, with the lyre and the sound of melody.
0: With the trumpet and the sound of the horn. Make a joyful noise with the King,
1: the Lord. Let the sea roar and all that fills it and the world who live in it.
0: Let the floods clap their hands. Let the hills sing together for joy.
1: At the presence of the Lord, for he is coming to judge the earth. He will judge the world with righteousness and the people with equity. New Testament lesson, sorry, Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 to 12. Long ago, God spoke to our ancestors, and in many ways by the prophets. But in those last days, he has spoken to us by a son, who he appointed heir of all things, through whom he also created the worlds. He is the reflection of God's glory and the exact imprint of God's very being, and he sustains all things by his one powerful word. When he had made purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the Majesty on high, having become as much superior to angels as his name as he inherited is more excellent than theirs. For to which the angels did God ever say, You are my son. Today I have begotten you. Or again, I will be his father and he will be my son. And again, when he brings the firstborn into the world, he says, Let all God's angels worship him. Of the angels, he says, He makes his angels' winds and his servants' flames of fire. But of the Son, he says, Your throne, O God, is forever and ever, and the scepter of righteousness is the scepter of your kingdom. You have loved righteousness and hate lawlessness. Therefore, God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness beyond your companions. And in the beginning, Lord, you founded the earth and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you will remain. They will all wear out like clothing. Like a cloak, you will roll them up. Like clothing, they will be changed. But you are the same. Your years will never end. And a New Testament reading, From John, chapter 1, verses 1 to 14. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and all things came into being through him. And without him, not one thing came into being. What has come into being in him was life and the life was the light of all people. The light shines in darkness, and the darkness did not overtake it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light so that all might believe through him. He was not himself the light, but he came to testify to the light, the true light which enlightens everyone or of the will of the flesh, or of the will of men, but of God. And the word became flesh and lived among us, and we have seen his glory, the glory as of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. This is the word of the Lord.
0: Thanks be to God for his word to us. Friends in Christ, What I say to you this morning is proclaimed in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. It doesn't take long, you know, after a child has been born, for the discussions to begin. Who does this child look like? Oh, he has his father's eyes. Or maybe she has her mother's nose. In my family tree, there is this thing. My father used to refer to it as the Adam's chin. It's right there. It's hard to miss. I have it. My father had it. Our son John has it. And I guess I assume my grandfather had it too, although I never had the opportunity to meet him. A number of years ago at a family gathering, my grandmother uh, came up to me later on and, and said uh, that she had been looking at me from further away across the room and she said, you know, you look more like your grandfather than you do like your father. So I'm guessing the chin was part of the equation. For genealogists, you know, these little particular things are important. They, t- they, f- these physical traits can be as important as birth certificates in tracing back family lines, and especially when it comes to perhaps uh, important families. Uh, I can't remember exactly who it was, but there was a great controversy at one point in history over whether or not a king was actually a legitimate king, and I think it had something to do with his earlobes. Because everyone in that family had... No earlobes, and he had earlobes, or vice versa. I can't remember. And as we read this opening account from the Gospel of John this morning, or no, pardon me, before I get to that. As we read the opening accounts of all of the Gospel lessons that are found in Scripture, each Gospel writer, you see, has their own way of of explaining who Jesus is and what Significance lies behind that identity. Matthew begins his very gospel with a genealogy, a list of all of the ancestors of Jesus, tracing Jesus all the way back to Abraham and the beginning of the covenant that God made with God's people. And at the center of the genealogy is David the king. Luke, while providing us with a genealogy a little later on in his gospel, Luke begins with a prophecy about who Jesus will be. But this morning, we hear from John, and John begins with a hymn. These opening verses of John's gospel, often referred to as the prologue, comprise one of the oldest hymns of the Christian church. And this hymn tells us of the nature of this one we know as the word made flesh, Jesus Christ. While Matthew and Luke have their genealogies and are keen to ensure that we know who, that Jesus is descended from David, John wants us to know that Jesus is both fully human and fully God. John chooses to place his emphasis on the divinity of Jesus. Jesus was present with God in that moment of creation in the beginning. And so the prologue in John's gospel begins just like the book of Genesis begins with those words, in the beginning. John, those words are there to, for us to recall the other story and to allow it to inform our understanding of, this, of these words. But John wants us Begins with, in the beginning. And then he goes on to say that Jesus himself is full of life and light. Those two words that define the creation story. And just as the light shone into the darkness at the moment of creation. So with Jesus as he comes into the world. His light once more shines into the world's darkness. In this hymn of praise to to Jesus Christ that John begins his gospel with. If the mantle of flesh with which Jesus is enrobed is the trait that he has inherited, as it were, from his mother. Then the power to give life and light are the traits of being begotten of the Father. But more importantly... In his coming, Jesus offers to us that we can be adopted into the family of God. As John writes in verse 12, But to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave the power to become the children of God, who were born not of the blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Each year at this time, of year when we're receiving Christmas cards and letters from friends across the country, Colleen and I smile every time we receive a Christmas letter from friends of ours who a number of years ago adopted two children. And we laugh because each year as we look at the picture that they have have included in their letter, it seems that the children look more and more like their parents than they did the year before even though they have nothing genetically in common. And so too it is in the coming of Jesus that the door is opened to us that we might grow in grace and truth, that we might come to more and more look like Christ as we reflect God's grace into the world. As we celebrate Christmas today and we gather with family, let us also remember that in Jesus Christ we have been formed into a family, the family of God, which is formed by nothing less than God's will for our lives. And let us endeavor to grow in faith each day that we might more and more take on the characteristics of our Heavenly Father, that more and more we will look like God as we seek to live out our calling in the world. Thanks be to God this day for his gift to us.